relationship with food. Maybe it's great. Maybe you eat only for nourishment. Maybe you tend to deprive yourself and constantly have this battle between hunger and fullness. Most people have some kind of a food fight that they deal with. So is there a path to food freedom? Well, you bet there is. And today on the Waste Up Wardrobe Show, we're going to be talking to my expert who is here to discuss all of these things. And we're going to take you down the path to your food freedom destination in just a minute. But hang on, because we're coming back with that. Welcome to Waste Up Wardrobe. I'm Christine Vartanian, a civil engineer and attorney turned personal style expert and image consultant. As the founder of Jade for All Seasons, I am passionate about unveiling the inner confidence of my clients by developing their personal style. But is getting dressed up still important in our virtual world? Well, that's where my experience can help with what I call Waste Up Wardrobe. Waste Up Wardrobe is a podcast for all things you need to conduct an outstanding Zoom meeting. It's about how to dress for the camera, but it's not just about the clothes. It's about everything you need to know to show up on brand and professionally for the camera. Join me in the Waste Up Wardrobe studio to discuss how to navigate this virtual world and dominate from behind the desk. Hello, Virtual Nation. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Waste Up Wardrobe. I am so, so excited about today's episode because I do believe that most everybody could use the content that we're going to be talking about here today. It's about that simple thing that we all deal with, eating, food, and health, um, and all those things tied in together. I see that Susie Hickson is here. Thank you for joining us, Susie. And thank you for joining us on this really important episode. We're so excited to go down this path to food freedom um, with my extraordinary um, guest today. But before I get started, I want to say thank you to my super awesome producer, Rick Moscoso, who makes this program go round. He's always there in the production room. There he is peeking his head. And always make sure that we're doing everything to get you guys the best production. Remember, we are on iTunes. So go to iTunes, download us, listen to us on your walks, because I know sometimes it's really hard to, to join us here live. Uh, we're on iTunes. Subscribe to us. Rate us and review us if you like doing that. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram. Um, so check us out over there. And uh, without any further delay, I just want to brag a little bit about my awesome guest today. Uh, my guest, Tanya Mack, and I have met each other several times at big group events. And every time I talked to her, I would go away, walk away with this really good information um, that I could put right into practice and her whole philosophy around eating and food and nourishment and the balance that we have to create in life is really, really interesting and is practical. And it's things that you could put right into action today. We're going to give you a lot of hacks and a lot of really great tips to put to really get your food life balance, I will say, in check. Because we all, in some form or another, kind of deal with some kind of a food fight. Maybe it's that we just really don't eat enough. Maybe it's that we overindulge. Maybe we're always battling between hunger and fullness. There's so many things about food um, that kind of can be emotional too. So this is just a topic I think that most people will really relate to. 
So Tanya is a certified transformational health coach who helps people who are struggling um, on the dieting roller coaster. And that she helps them achieve food freedom by creating healthy, a healthy relationship with food and with their body and body image. I mean, that's the food is always tied into that. So everybody, please help me welcome Tanya Mack to the show. And I, I, hi, how are you? Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I'm great. Thank you. Yeah, it's such an important topic. I think everybody would benefit from this, no matter where you are on your health, fitness, diet, journey, the way you eat and your meal planning. So I think I'm really, really thrilled to that I could bring an expert on that can talk to that. Um, but you know, I want to learn a little bit about your background, Tanya. Mm -hmm. You're so you were so modest with your bio. And I just want to know um, about your certification. You are you are a certified health coach, which is yeah. really um, a notch above, you know, just I mean, you actually have had a classical program that you went through and got some training to become what, you know, work the, in the work that you do today. Can you tell us a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I am certified with HCI Health Coach Institute. Um, I got my health coaching certification and then I stayed on to do a year of mastery um, TCM, which is advanced coaching. So I did that. And then um, I started my business. And then a few years after that, I went through Tony Robbins leadership program. Mm. So that was a almost two year kind of going through all of his events. So I did all of his events um, as a participant. And then I went through and did them all behind the scenes to learn all of his coaching techniques um, and, you know, habit change, behavioral change, all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of what what I've been up to, yeah, and how I got you've my been, certifications. I mean, and you've been doing this for a while. I mean, with all that background and yeah. all the work that you've been doing, this is not something that you just decided to do on a whim. This is personal to you. This is something that you really understand the experience, the mm -hmm. strife and struggle that different types of people have with different ideas of food. I mean, and food is not always just about overindulging. It could be about food restriction, right? Mm -hmm. And it could be about how do you manage being out socially, which we're all going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about all of that <laughs> in just a second. But I want people to get to know the real time. Yeah, yeah let's let's <laughs> do it. Um, so the reason I got into this, actually, um, I was an esthetician in my past life in Australia. Ooh. And then when I moved to um, America, I married an American um, 16 years ago. And so when I moved here, we both got our real estate licenses and started doing real estate. But um, I had a true passion for health and wellness because in my early, late teens, early 20s, I started gaining some weight. And so I come from a family with no filter who uh, would say things like, oh, do you really think you should be eating that bread? You're getting a little tubby um, and that kind of stuff. And so uh, I was like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? So I didn't really have any health healthy role models per se. Um, and so I just did what most people do and that's go down the fad diet, you know, route. And so I went to the bookstore and I got every book there was about dieting. And so that really led me down my journey of fad dieting. And so after all that dieting, I ended up and restricting, I ended up developing binge eating disorder. And so I was stuck mm -hmm. in that vicious cycle for so many years. So I would restrict and then binge and restrict and then binge. And, you know, thankfully I really dislike throwing up. So I didn't add bulimia to my list of disordered eating, but it was quite the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. So it's incredible. I personally did not know the depth of your journey in terms of personally. So right. that, you know, and this is my, my thoughts on we're on the things that become our purpose in life is that your biggest gift always lies next to your deepest wound. And it, you know, Absolutely. having been through all those cycles, I mean, it really does make you an expert at helping somebody that's going through that. And if that, you know, and, and really the, the whole spectrum, like the worst case scenario to those who just really need somebody to just get them organized when it comes to food, right. And meal planning. Right. So, uh, that is really, um, interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Um, because I think people really need to understand that this is not something that just a small part of the population goes through. Oh my gosh. Most yeah. Yeah, most people have something around food, um, you know, and it's not always about overeating and it's not always yeah. about total restriction. It could be all sorts of things in the middle. We're going to get into that. But I want to do some rapid fire with you. So oh, let's do really it. quick, <laughs> cats or dogs? Dogs. Oh, do you have any? Yeah, I have one that I rescued um, about eight months ago. So we had a 16 and a half year old baby and he passed. Um, and so we adopted another one and he's just such a troublemaker. I love him. <laughs> I love them too. I have a couple of my own and I, they were my pandemic. I've seen you. They're like doodles, right? Yeah. Yes, they are. They I are. Love I love um, them. Susie is reiterating that thought that, you know, uh, your biggest gift lies next, near your, next to your deepest wound. And it's right. really, really... I, I've, and I, you know, here's the thing about that statement. I really resonate with that idea so much because mm -hmm. I feel as though when you're in business for yourself as an entrepreneur, you know, we go through such, you know, highs and lows. And in Absolutely. the times when there are lows, when you feel like, is this really worth it for me to continue mm -hmm. doing it? You, if you are connected to the deep why, why you do that, that, you know, that visceral connection, which usually lies next to your deepest wound, you'll never fail. You'll always pick up yourself again and go, Absolutely. okay, I'm going to try something different. If you yeah. have not explored why you do what you do, if you haven't realized and recognized where that comes from, that's when I think business can be, business can be at risk of of just giving up, right? Because no, absolutely. I mean, I, yeah, I've sat in my closet with a glass of wine and cried many a times, going, "Oh my gosh, is all of this worth it?" And it always <laughs> ends up being because you're right. Like business can be difficult, and particularly in the health and wellness industry, you know, um, it's not easy. And so, yeah, but I, I always go back to why I do what I do because it's so personal and it's so important to me. And I see so many people struggling on that dieting roller coaster and just, mm -hmm. you know, it's exhausting. It's an exhausting place to be. Yeah. And so having that food freedom, oh, oh my gosh, that's why, that's really why I, I do what I do. And I keep going yeah. back to that. Even the days where I think, oh my gosh, this is too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And I love that you, you know, it's sort of the health and wellness is just so saturated. And that's why yeah. it could be very hard because I, I, you know, consumers, they have people coming at them all the time with mm -hmm. new dieting ideas, new ideas oh, yeah. of how to trim their waist, new ideas of what will help them lose weight. <sighs> all and the quick fixes. All the quick fixes. And so it can be very saturated and it's already an overwhelming topic. Mm -hmm. And I, and I just have one more question before we get into the meat and potatoes. And I yeah. just want to also highlight that Susie is 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 reiterating that the statement that I made before um, about you know just the uh, your biggest gift lying next to your deepest you know pain is um, something that was really impactful. I really appreciate you saying that, Susie. Oh, you know, awesome. if we all just thought about it a little bit, I think we can all get to that 
purpose, the driven business that we right. created, right? And um, of course, my biggest fan is on here, my mom, who has too many consonants in her name to <laughs> say. Uh, I'll call her Astrid. And oh she my gosh, that's so She's tuning in because, you know, I'm sure she has a lot to get out of this topic as well. So, yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, um, you know, do you find in your work Mm -hmm. um, that there's a contrast between men and women and how they deal with food? Or is it pretty much even across the board? And we haven't talked about this before, but I, as yeah. I was, you know, thinking about the show and scripting my questions, I was like, you know, I, I, I really need to ask her this question because I have kind of a pre-conceived uh, notion about that, but I'd love to hear your perspective. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a great question. So, um, you know, men and women are extremely different, right? Yeah. But I have to say that when it comes to food issues or dealing with weight loss and that kind of stuff, we're all pretty much the same. My first success mm. story and my first transformation was actually my husband, believe yeah. it or not. So he had tried to lose weight the conventional way um, several times, you know, restricting calories and he lost a significant amount of weight, like I don't know, three, four times, but always ended up gaining it back. And so, you know, it's extremely difficult to coach friends and family, um, particularly your spouse. So anyway, over time, he would hear me talking to clients and he started really paying attention to the things I would talk about. And so he started practicing it and he ended up, you know, losing his weight um, through intuitive eating for good it was like a total transformation an absolute total wow. transformation for good and it took him like two years to do it but um he did it the right way and he's kept the weight off so yeah wow. when it comes to food issues i mean we're all different and we have different issues but um really diet culture has kind of taken away our ability to trust our bodies yeah yeah that is so men cool. and women yeah, that's so cool. You meant you said a word, and we haven't talked about this before either. I want to ask you about it. You said intuitive eating. Can you explain, the, define that, and explain what you mean by that? Yeah. So pretty much my practice is built on intuitive eating, right? And so when we look at diet culture, like I'm a huge advocate of listening to your body, right? Our body talks to us all the time, and if we actually listen it can tell us a lot. It gives us a lot of feedback. And so what happens with diet culture is that diet culture does the opposite and it almost encourages us to stop listening to that inner wisdom, our hunger and fullness. And, you know, diets tell you when to eat, what to eat, how much to eat. Um, and when you're doing that and you're following a diet, you're not really listening to your body and you're not listening to your hunger cues. And am I really hungry? Am I full? You know, eat six meals a day, eat three meals and two snacks. You know, it's so confusing, but are we actually listening to our bodies? Does my body want three meals a day? Yeah. You know, do I need those snacks? So yeah, it's really about getting in touch with your body and eating intuitively. I love, love that. I totally resonate with it. I'd never put like uh, a label on that, mm -hmm. but the idea of that eating is really kind of a, a, a personal thing. It's very customized yeah. to who you are, what your metabolism is, what your age is, who you are, what your lifestyle is. And the idea of intuitive eating is more, is more than just being in a cookie cutter menu diet. It's more about what is your life like and what do you need to, you know, to keep sustenance and to keep satisfied. 
Right. right? Well, what I works for that. me may not work for you. So, yeah. you know, people always say, oh, you do you give nutrition plans? And I said, absolutely not. And they're like, wait, I don't get it. And I'm like, no, I teach you how to eat in a way that actually suits you, your lifestyle. A, if you hate being in the kitchen, I'm not going to have you stand in there and, you know, create all these meals from scratch. So we're going to work around your lifestyle. We're going to work around your tastes and we're going to work around what you actually enjoy eating. Yeah. Oh, that is actually, I think that's where all the goodness lies, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're doing something that's so forced, if you're following a diet that's so forced, that's so out of your comfort zone, you might succeed for a while, right? but then at some point in life, it's not going to work anymore. So I, and I just, I totally understand. And, and I, I mean, as you're explaining it, it just makes more and more sense. And Susie was saying she was kind of like, you know, that, that phrase that you said about diet culture has taken away our ability to trust our bodies Yeah, as a very profound statement. And it's interesting because, you know, I never thought about that. That is really insightful. Um, so let me ask you, um, you know, food can have this powerful hold on people, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, and yeah, and you have seen this in your work in different ways. Um, so how, can you give us some examples of how um, in some scenarios there was this hold on certain of your clients um, with food and, and how um, they've been able to overcome it with your guidance? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not going far. It's the same with my clients and myself. So my example, when I was restricting, what led me to binge eating was restricting, right? So um, I'll give you an example. Potato chips was one of my trigger foods. I love potato chips. And so when I was restricting um, these foods, if my lips even touched potato chips, that was it. I was down to the bottom of the bag before I even knew it. But then I ended up eating everything else as well. So all of the foods that I was restricting, all of a sudden it was like, oh, well, I screwed up. So I may as well just eat all the things. So then I would go get a Sara Lee chocolate cake and then I would eat all the things. Yeah. And so what happens is when you restrict the things you're actually craving, that craving doesn't go away. So it builds and it builds and it builds. And then all of a sudden you go on a big binge, right? And so, you know, when people are on a diet and they're restricting their calories and they're not allowing themselves to eat the things that they enjoy eating, eventually they're like, screw this. And then they go out on a, you know, blackout yeah. binge. And yeah. so that's how food holds power over you. So, you know, the day I decided I was going to eat all the potato chips in the world I wanted, that was the day, like, honestly, where I, I was normal around them. I would grab some, a bag of chips and I would eat a handful and I was like, oh, okay, good. I'm done now. And so mm -hmm. that's the reason why food holds power over us because yeah. we restrict so much. Yeah. So let's define binge eating. I know most people are familiar mm -hmm. with it, but is binge eating um, really just about like eating too much? Can you just define it? I'll have you. Yeah. Do so there's a difference. I mean, you know, I work with people who overeat and people who binge eat. And so, you know, binge eating is basically when you're eating to a point where you or like you feel physically sick, right? So all hunger and fullness cues are out the window and you eat a large amount of food in a short amount of time and you actually feel physically sick. Mm, yeah. And um, so it's, so is it different than just overeating? I know I'm, I'm, I'm getting granular yeah. here, but no, I no, just, no. I really and that's perfect. Yeah. Because, you know, some people, I mean, you know, 
it's not about perfection here, right? Eating's not about being perfect. So even though I healed my relationship with food, there are times where sometimes I will still consciously overeat, right? Mm. Um, and that's cool. So overeating occasionally is different to binging. So binging is when you have restricted so much that once you start something, then you literally cannot stop. Like that mm. urge overpowers you and mm. you will eat until you feel sick. Mm, yeah. And we talked a little bit um, in preparation for this episode about yo-yo dieting and yeah. how it's something that really happens a lot. Um, why is it that so many people kind of get in that cycle? Uh, I would say that it's the quick fix mm. because they restrict, they go on a strict diet, they lose a bunch of weight fast. But what happens is that diet doesn't um, address the main issue of why you're eating or why you gained weight in the first place, right? So it doesn't address your relationship with food. It just helps you drop weight quickly, you know, whether it's for an event or whatever. Um, so you lose weight fast, but also when you stop doing what that diet says, then you gain weight fast because you never address the issues around your relationship with food. Yeah. So it's so uh, crazy as I'm, I'm thinking about everything you're saying, I keep thinking there's this huge emotional psychological piece of this, obviously, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, because um, the idea of deciding to binge or, um, you know, not being in control and, and binging mm -hmm. um, and it's kind of, it feels like it could be, you know, controlled by your emotions, right? Um, so there's so much psychology that goes into that. And we've talked about binging or overeating, overindulging. Mm -hmm. um, I want to go on the contrasting side where people withhold food uh, right. from themselves. I just want to give everybody this idea, the spectrum of what people deal with when it comes to food freedom or food connection, let's say food right. relationship with food. Can you speak to that piece that constricting or controlling food intake? Yeah, so I feel like with that, um, particularly restricting food is, you know, we feel a lot of times we feel like we don't have a lot of control over things, right? And in order to have control, people will use that with food. So if I'm able to restrict my food, that's one area in my life where I feel like I have control over, right? Um, yeah. With some people, they manage to to restrict to the point of obviously an eating disorder, anorexia. Yeah. To some, they develop um, other issues. You know, for me, I was never able to restrict for long periods of time, which is what led to the overeating. But yeah. um, I think what most people fear, particularly when it comes to eating intuitively or when I say to clients, you know, just let yourself eat. And they're like, oh, no, oh, my gosh, I can't because I'll go crazy. You know, yeah. so it's like really that fear of losing control. Yeah. Around yeah. Food. And then so that leads to the opposite extreme of restricting, you know, so much. Yeah. And so now that we've spoken about the two ends of the spectrum, right? So, you know, there's the binge eating, which is, you know, clearly not a lifestyle that just causes a lot of struggle. There's this right. complete uh, like control of food and, and restricting of food, but there has to be a way <laughs> to live right to mm -hmm. that road to food freedom. Okay. Um, now that we've spoken about the things that can happen that aren't super healthy or balanced, how did you create or how do you work with your clients or your even like your own journey to create um, the balanced place? Yeah. So with my clients in the beginning, 
it's all about healing the relationship with food first, right? Because if we start talking about nutrition and what's healthy and what's not, oftentimes that triggers diet mentality again, right? Mm -hmm. Because it sounds a little restrictive because now we're talking about healthy food and not unhealthy food, you know? So first I just start by like eliminating, putting all food on an even playing field, right? So eliminating food labels, good, bad, all that kind of stuff, like basically unlearning everything diet culture has taught you, right? So there's a lot of unlearning to do first. Then we start learning about, um, how to listen to your body. So understanding those cues, knowing that you have inner wisdom, knowing that your body totally knows, you know, how much food you need and, and what types of food you need. So I go about healing the relationship with food first. And then that naturally evolves into, all right, now that I got this whole, um, these control issues, off, you know, done and sorted. And, and now I can relax a little bit around food. Then we start talking about nutrition, right? But my deal is if you want the cookies, keep the cookies, but make them yourself, make sure you know what you're eating. Mm. Right. So I always tell my clients, stop counting calories and count chemicals instead, because that's going to make the biggest difference when it comes to health and longevity. I love that. Stop counting calories, but count the chemicals because the quality of food is really important. But from what I've heard you say, I feel, and I correct me if I'm wrong, because I just Mm -hmm. want to get clarity for everybody Mm -hmm. that if you were at a party and there was a a bowl of chips and you felt like having a handful of them, your philosophy is allow yourself that. Is that, is that correct? Or am I? Yeah. So, so basically what the deal is with intuitive eating is really being mindful. So checking in with yourself, because oftentimes, you know, when we're dieting and we get these cravings, it's not necessarily for that thing. Right. So, um, you know, if you want potato chips, really check in with yourself and ask yourself, do I really want these? Like, am I hungry? Mm. First of all. So it's really a lot about mindful eating right? We Mm -hmm. want to be mindful about everything we do because a lot of times we're on autopilot, right? We eat breakfast on the run. We eat our lunch on our lap, like while we're on the laptop, multitasking, we never check in with our body to see if we're actually hungry or if we're not, or if we're full or if we're not. So at a party, and I want to say that, you know, it's what you do majority of the time that matters, right? So if you want to eat the potato chips, eat the potato chips, but be be mindful while you're eating them. So really when you're eating them, check in with yourself, you know, how hungry am I? Am I hungry or am I just eating these because I want to eat them? And if you want to eat them just because you want to eat them, that's perfectly fine too. But be mindful as you're eating them. And then when you've had enough, then just be done, right? So this, it sounds, I'm making it sound easy. It's a lot more complex than that because coming from diet culture, you have a lot of conditioning and many years of, you know, acting in certain ways and behaviors. So there are a lot of habits and patterns to break around this, but yes, if you want the potato chips, eat the potato chips. So really just honoring, honoring your body, honoring what you want. And the more relaxed you are around food, the easier this process is. So food rules and being rigid and and that kind of behavior is what keeps us stuck and it keeps us not being able to enjoy our food or really just tune into our bodies. Yeah, so interesting. Um, I think the biggest lesson here in what you were saying is this awareness, this intuitive, yes. right? Be intuitive, being aware <clears throat> of what you're doing, right? Not just mindfully eating the potato chips in front of the TV because exactly. then you're not being mindful and intuitive anymore. You're just kind of 
almost passing time, right? Yes. It's not really, um, and that's that's the trap right there, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and right? so, you know, you, you did touch on emotional eating, and I just wanted to speak on that for a minute if I yeah. can, because, so what is emotional eating? It's basically just eating any time, you know, eating for reasons other than satiating our hunger, right? Mm -hmm. So boredom, stress, excitement, happiness, social, you know, whatever it is, all of those things. Um, so, you know, what I like to do is really practice the mindfulness in these places and just be like, you know, when you have a craving or you're reaching for food, really just check in with yourself and say, am I hungry? Because if you're not hungry and you go eat something, it's not going to satisfy you. So what you're looking for, you're not going to find in the fridge, right? Because yeah. what you might be looking for is just um, a conversation with someone or, you know, getting outside and going for a walk or maybe just a big glass of water. Because if you're emotionally eating, there's some kind of discomfort or situation that you're trying to avoid, right? Yeah. So yeah. what can I do? So if you take the pause for a minute and ask yourself, am I really hungry? If the answer to that is no, I'm not really hungry, then what else can I do to meet my needs right now? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's so much mindfulness and awareness that goes yeah. along around this, right? You have to be yeah. very, um, like you have to really mature yourself emotionally with your awareness yeah. and intuition. Yeah. And so it is a journey. It is a journey and everybody Absolutely. starts at a different place, right? Um, Caroline uh, Cecil's here and she's saying she really loves this topic. I'm telling you, oh, this is a topic thank you. Yeah, everybody will get something out of. And I'm so glad you defined emotional eating. I mean, we kind of, we kind of all hear these ideas thrown around binge eating, overeating, you know, restrictive diet, you know, mm -hmm. dieting in general and, and emotional eating. But the idea that we're defining this actually, I believe, is the beginning of an awareness, right. you know, like defining them and really understanding emotional eating is because you're really, there's something going on other mm -hmm. than hunger, yeah. right? That you need just this kind of quick fix and maybe something else could fix it without you doing, you know, kind of, um, yeah, something more that. empowering rather than eating yeah. when you're not hungry. Yeah. Wow. You know, one of the things, you know, during, um, you know, the time now when people are really working from home, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's kind of a trend. It's not going away anytime soon. People are creating hybrid offices, partly yeah. home, partly um, in the traditional office. And some people are just exclusively working from home. Um, it can be really, can make you re really vulnerable to the emotional eating, the overindulging and all that. Um, do you have any like quick hacks, tips, advice on how to overcome that um, when you are, um, you know, work from home worker bee? Yeah. So um, if working from home is new to you um, and you're used to going into the office and prepping your meals and that kind of stuff, I would continue to do that. So still have a plan because when you have a plan, it's easy to stick to, right? The food's going to be easy. You know what you're going to eat. You're going to go into the refrigerator and grab it and it's already prepped for you. So plan your meals and prepare them as if you were going to the office is one of my favorite, you know, tips. And um and also, if you're working close to the kitchen, maybe kind of move away from the kitchen, right? Because it's so easy to get up and snack on things when your workspace is right by the kitchen. Um, so there are a couple of hacks. And then also one of my favorite ones is drink water. Make sure you're hydrating yeah. because oftentimes we mistake our thirst for like hunger and we go and eat something when really all we needed was just a glass of water or stepping outside and grabbing some fresh air. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but I, 
I mean, I always tell my clients, make sure you plan, right? Mm-hmm. Plan out your plan out your food, plan out. That way you're not standing. Because what happens is if you haven't planned things out, if you don't have something easy to grab in the refrigerator, what are you going to do? You're most likely going to grab something that's easy, which you don't really, you know, didn't necessarily want to eat. So if we have the healthy options prepped, ready to go, washed, chopped, then it's going to be easy to eat something nourishing. Yeah, for sure. So awareness and planning, those two thoughts and ideas are really big when it comes to kind of mending that relationship with food or creating um, a food freedom is being the planning piece is really important just is just as awareness is of what you're putting in your body and why, why you're putting it into your body at this given moment. Right. So I'm curious because I think I always like to work off of examples because, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm curious, give us and like you said, everybody's different, but I'm just curious because yeah. I know you've been through that cycle of binge eating and so forth. Let mm-hmm. me explain how, what is a day in the life of Tanya look like when it comes to eating versus exercising that balance yeah. or, or, and even like your, like your indulgence, if you have indulgences, can you share that a little oh, bit? Yeah. <laughs> so a day in the life of me, you know, I've become very intuitive over the years of mm-hmm. practicing um, being mindful. And so some mornings, you know, if I work out, some mornings will be a smoothie. Um, if I work out really intensively, uh, it might be eating like eggs on toast. But in the morning, I try to be intuitive. And then sometimes I won't eat till like, I don't know, my first meal will be 11 o'clock or lunch, right? Mm. So it really just depends on how I'm feeling. So um, my workouts are intuitive as well. So yeah. I don't, you know, a lot of chronic dieters also have crazy workout schedules. So they use workout as punishment, right? Oh my gosh, I ate a muffin. I ate fast food, whatever. I got to work out twice as hard tomorrow and all of that stuff. And so when you use exercise as punishment, um, you're less likely to want to do it. So you need to switch your mindset from punishment to punishment so that you're still working out, but it's actually fun. Okay. So you're still sweating, you're getting it done and it's actually fun. And then, um, Honestly, again, like my lunch might be some type of salad or something. And I like to eat dinner with my husband. So I typically eat mostly plant-based. I'm not 100% plant-based. But when I think about putting my meals together, I think about how much life am I eating? How much life is there on my plate? Because if your plate looks dead, you're going to feel dead, Mm. right? If you eat a lot of processed foods, you're going to feel processed. So when you look at your plate, my intention always is to eat the rainbow and to look at my plate and go, damn, this looks good. Yeah. Right? So lots of fresh stuff, things that nourish you, fresh fresh fruits, fruit, whoop, fresh fruits and vegetables, um, but lots of life. That's my motto. I tell everybody, eat life and you will feel good. Yeah, that's incredible. And I am, I totally am with you on just it. Everything has to be, you're so connected intuitively to your body and the way right. you process food and, and so forth. Um, when I think about my routine when it comes to eating, it's a little, it's quite different than yours. Mm-hmm. I I tend to really like to plan my meals and I like to plan them similarly every single day because right. it feels safe. I like everything on my plate to be something I enjoy. So yes. even though a lot of times I eat the same thing, I know it's something I really, really love. Yes. Um, but, and so that's what the, that's the way I get around, um, 
not feeling satisfied or like, right. feel like I don't want to feel like I'm depriving myself. So for instance, I eat like two eggs in the morning with two cups of coffee, diff- you know, at different times. And then I eat like I have a, a tuna salad that I make, like mm-hmm. all the things I really love. And I yeah. do actually allow myself and I know this you know, everybody's different, right? I'll yeah. allow myself either a dessert or a a, a, a cocktail on Friday nights, <laughs> but I won't do it all the time because for me, my body, the way it reacts, yeah. but it makes me, it, feel, it makes me feel satisfied and I end up looking forward to it. You yeah, know? that's great. And honestly, thank you for touching on the satisfaction factor, because that's yeah. another, uh, that's one of the principles of intuitive eating being satisfied. So yeah. making sure that every meal that you eat is something that you want to eat, because let's just say, you know, you're craving a carrot cake and then you're like, oh no, 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 I shouldn't eat the carrot cake. It's bad. I'm going to eat carrots instead. Well, what's going to happen? You're going to eat those carrots. It's not going to satisfy you. And you're probably going to eat the carrot cake anyway. By this point, the craving is so strong that you will eat the whole cake instead of just a slice. <laughs> so making sure that, you know, what you're eating is satisfying is going to help you eat less, right? Because you're going to be satisfied and you're going to stop like looking around, reaching for things. Totally. I mean, and that's why it might, my, my husband and my kids laugh at me because they're like, <laughs> Mom, you're eating the same thing today. Oh, I'm, I'm a like, creature of habit too. I I'm really not, am. <laughs> I'm like, guys, it works and I love it. I love my food and I love to yeah. eat. And, you know, and, and this takes me to my next question, right? Mm-hmm. When you go out socially, that I, I do, I, I used to struggle with this more before and I'm more, um, it's a little bit easier for me now, but when I used to go out socially, I used to go, mm-hmm. okay, are they going to have something on the menu that is you know, that feels like I'm not like, I don't feel yuck after I like, I don't really want to eat big pasta with creamy sauces. I Mm kind of like to see, stay in the seafood arena, you know, will they have something that will satisfy that? So do you have a a hack or advice on how people who are, you know, are pretty good with their eating or even like, you know, when they go out socially, they don't have to worry about like, what can they do to, um, to overcome that fear, anxiety of, um, eating the wrong thing. Cause I dealt with that. Yeah, no, honestly. So, you know, again, I'm going to take it back to mindfulness. So when you get there, check in with yourself, how hungry am I? Because if you're not that hungry, then ordering an appetizer is going to be great. Um, and that's going to satisfy you and you're going to be good. If you do want the pasta, great, get the pasta, but Um, Some tips and tricks I have is if you know that that pasta is going to be too much and you're kind of, you know, you know, you'll get full, have the server box it up before you even get started. So get half of it off of your plate. So that way you won't overeat. Um, If you find yourself getting full, have them box it up just so it's not calling you hither, right? How many times have you been at a restaurant and you're full, but you sit there for a little while and then all of a sudden you start picking at it again? And then you're like stuffed. And so I always like to tell people, stop eating right when you feel good, right? Where you feel nourished, satisfied, and you feel comfortable, right? Not yeah. at like, a, you know, they we do the um, hunger and fullness scale. And so like from a one to 10, so 10 is so stuffed, I need to unbutton my pants. Um, we want to stop at like a level seven where we are feeling satiated and full And that way we don't feel uncomfortable. So even if you eat the pasta, you're eating what your body needs, right? So whether, you know, however much that is that you need to get comfortably full, 
then get the rest of it away. Push your plate away, cover it with a napkin, have the server box it up so you can take it back for later. Um, those kinds of things are really important. And again, just checking in with yourself and really kind of trying to figure out how hungry are you. And, you know, thankfully, we actually live in a world where, particularly in this country, where restaurants are so accommodating. You could literally just make something up <laughs> that's not on the menu and they will make it for you. So they will accommodate pretty much any style of eating, you know. Yeah. And, and as long as you eat, you know, if it's vegetables you want, I'm sure you'll be able to find a big plate of those. Um, so, yeah, fill your plate up with good stuff. Fill it up with yeah. the rainbow. Fill it up with life. Like, Yeah, I love that. And then that. if you do want the pasta... That's cool too. Eat it, yeah. stop when you're full and take the rest with you. I love it. I love that. Fill your plate with life is a really, mm -hmm. really great piece to take away today from this. Um, so it's interesting you said that hunger fullness scale. Yeah. When I was uh, younger, my grandmother used to say, always leave the table a little bit hungry. And I yeah. think it's not exactly what you said, but it kind of is, you know, just a so it's a, that seven instead of 10. It's right? exactly that. My dad yeah. is literally like, he's one of those thin people has always been thin stomach attached to his back. And I used to get so mad at him. And I was like, dad, I don't get it. Like, how do you always eat what you want and stay so skinny? And I would complain all the time. He's like, Tanya, I never leave the table full. I always have room for more. And I was like, huh. And then I would watch him and I was like, oh my gosh, because then later on, if he wanted a snack or he wanted something, he would eat it. And it, and I was like, I don't get how you can just eat whatever you want. But that's why, because the man never leaves the table full. Yeah. That is a really, really good piece of advice. I mean, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it is a really good. And the other piece of advice that you gave, that I think is really good. And I think I will put this into use is, is asking for your meal to be pre slip pre-split like if you're indulging yeah. in a pasta dish that you normally wouldn't like save half for another time right mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Or split meals my husband and I do that all the time yeah. we always split meals I do it with my friends I do it with him so um that way we just don't end up overeating yeah you know I do I do reckon you know one of the things that just going through life I've realized and I know many women in particular um struggle with this is that you know when I was in my 20s and 30s I used to be able to eat really I could eat a lot of food and go and burn out, uh, burn, burn off um, a meal in a workout. And mm -hmm. then I stepped into my forties and I realized that's not happening anymore. I was a little bit like, what is going on? Right. And I had to modify my lifestyle a little bit and, and yeah. actually work on some restrictions and just portion sizes and things like that. And, you know, when you get into your fifties and sixties, even things change those decades, especially with women with hormones and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, childbearing and just stress of life really impacts a lot of women. I see it firsthand because, um, because of the work I'm in that my the body image, right. Image in your body. And so, um, I, I just kind of want to know, like from your perspective, cause I know you work with people all over the spectrum. Mm -hmm. How does that, how do you see that translate in your work? And do you, do you find that you have to modify um, your plan and guidance for depending on what decade somebody is in? Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's the thing. It's crazy for us to do what we were doing in our 20s, in our 40s, right? And think that it's going to work. For me, that was skipping a dinner and I would wake up all flat and, and you know, 
But yeah, definitely if I try to skip a dinner now, it's not going to happen. It's going to be very different. And I'm in my 40s. Um, but here's the thing. Yeah, we can't expect things we did in our 20s to work in our 40s. Our lifestyle is different. Our body shape is different. Our hormones are different. You know, everything's different. So yes. again, it's becoming intuitive with what stage in life you're in. And then one of the most important things I think is acceptance, right? Because mm -hmm. I think as women, we have such a hard time accepting ourselves for who we are, you know, Mm -hmm. what our body shape looks like um you know for the longest time I mean my the models in my era were like Kate Moss and I'm like this curvy ethnic girl and you know I would sit there and dream about having no curves and wanted to be like stick thin and my dad would always say he's like nobody likes a stick and then <laughs> like my famous last words was does my butt look big in this and he would be like oh my gosh I can't so um acceptance is so key right and then just again you know, accepting where you're at in life, those things aren't going to work. Let's take a look at, you know, how my body reacts to things. And again, listening to the feedback of your body, your body will tell you, it did tell you. So, you know, you made those adjustments and made it work for you by listening to your body, yeah. right? Yeah. So it boils down to the relationship you have with yourself. Does it not? Absolutely. Always. Uh -huh. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, you know, and it's a process and it's a journey. People don't, we're not just born knowing what to do when it comes to food because we come to it, you know, to the world, you know, these blank slates and then whatever our cultures, our family life, the role models in our life, all those things impact how we develop our, you know, food relationship with food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like if you came from the clean plate club, you know, your parents always told you you had to finish yeah. everything on your plate. That that follows through to adulthood where people just feel super wasteful by not finishing everything on their plate. But, your, you know, your stomach isn't a garbage disposal. So, yeah, <laughs> completely. I always yeah. um, I always I have a really interesting thought on that because, mm -hmm. um, you know, it when I was told, oh, don't waste that, not, I don't really remember my parents telling me that, but like, or just witnessing somebody say, is that, why are you wasting that? Or why aren't you eating that? It was more, um, I would think, well, I'm either going to waste it on the plate or I'm going to waste it inside my body because mm -hmm. I don't need it anymore. Exactly. And I have to say, you know, really bring in reality into it. That one meal that you're leaving behind isn't going to solve the world hunger problems, right? It's much bigger than that. It's much deeper than that. So carrying that guilt around food wastage um, is something that I definitely work on with my clients so that you don't end up being the garbage disposal. Yeah. So if somebody were to come to you like, uh, or just wanted to start a food education, right? Like how, mm -hmm. where would be an easy place to start? Just, you know, if they really have gone through you know, binging or struggling with it, where would like, what can they do to get started in their mind? Yeah. So I would like one of the easiest things for me, you know, people make health and wellness very complicated. Um, it's really quite easy. Like the diet culture makes health complicated. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. for me, it's keep it real, eat real food. If you're eating real food and keeping processed foods to like a bare minimum, not eliminating it, but keeping it to a minimum and really focusing on eating real food, that is a great start. Yeah. Absolute great start. And then learning to listen to your body. So tuning in, being mindful and eating real food is like the best place you can start. Yeah, that, that's that's um, really really good advice. And so I know you're going to have a treat for the 
people listening here with the hashtag food freedom and shine. Uh, Tanya, I, you, I mean, you're so generously giving some of your time. Yeah. Can you tell us what you're offering everybody when they put the hashtag food freedom and shine? Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Actually, I'm doing this for your listeners because I love you. Um, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to offer a 30 minute pick my wow. brain session. So yeah. if you want to pick my brain, if you want to talk about intuitive eating or anything or just talk about some of your health struggles um yeah 30 minutes and you can pick my brain i'm all yours wow well i really appreciate that because like i said everybody could use 30 minutes with tanya because we're all on different you know journeys and we're right. also different but really understanding and learning um how to tap into the awareness the intuitive eating um the planning i mean we we all kind of think about planning more or less but the that that big idea of being aware and intuitive and connected to what's really happening inside your body you know before yeah, don't you... listen to other people listen to your body how yeah. does that diet book know what you need totally your body knows what you need Totally. And I can say that from experience because I know I experimented with my body so much in terms of mm -hmm. if I eat this, how is that going to impact me? If I eat that, how, if this quantity, if I modify, I really, I, I really, um, it, I think it, it came to me right in my, uh, I would say in my mid to late twenties, when I started really being intuitive about what I was doing right. in, in terms of body movement and, and body and just in eating habits, because, I, I realized that I was doing all the wrong things and I really hadn't been taught, you know, and you know what, here's the other thing. I just, it's coming to my mind. <laughs> I have this dream that one day I will create a school and oh, in the I school, I will be teaching all the things that you really should be taught as a child. Um, because things like intuitive eating, understanding your body, uh, understanding how to exercise and what exercise, what moves you, mm -hmm. um, as well as, you know, a lot of people say, you know, money sense and all that, but the eating part, because I think, and I feel as though a lot of times people, it's tied into your happiness, the way you feel about your body, the way you're comfortable in your clothes that you're in, the way you present yourself has a lot to do with your image and how mm -hmm. you're feeling. And it can be sad. It could be hard and sad. It causes a lot of sadness. Don't you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I tortured so, myself in my twenties yeah. with all of that stuff. Yeah. 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 And I remember like I was studying for the bar exam and I gained 20 pounds and I was like, okay, I'm done with the bar exam. I've got to solve this problem, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? And, and it was just the overindulging because I was emotionally of course, you, yeah you were stressed yeah yeah i was emotionally eating and um and you know so that is a classic example of emotional eating um but um but you know it's just it's it's getting the right ideas getting the right guidance and mm -hmm. and so people want to work with you tanya how can they connect with you yeah so you can actually find me on my website which is tanyamac.com or you can find me um on instagram at tanyamac so super easy just my name <laughs> Yeah. And Caroline put the hashtag food freedom and shine. And oh, awesome. um, we're going to go ahead and we're going to put the website in the chat um, just in case, you know, people want to check out your website and, and learn more. Um, and this show is, you know, it's evergreen. So people are going to be watching this all the time. And I just hope that I hope a lot of people watch this because this is so 
impactful. It really is. And I'm so grateful that you've come on the show to share your knowledge and wisdom and, and food hacks and the idea that diet culture can actually be counterproductive to how you are eating and how you are going to, you know, really be able to have that intuitive eating idea. Um, and I, and it's typical for us at Waste Up Wardrobe to wrap up with the Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap up just to give oh. people the, the nuggets, right? That mm-hmm. end, like a summary of what they should take away from today. So what's the main takeaway, Tanya? If nobody, if somebody didn't take anything away, what would be the number one thing you, said that you think they should think about? Tune into your body, yeah. like listen to your body's feedback. Yeah. That's, you know, be mindful because they think we live in a society where, we're on autopilot. So tune yeah. into your body. Yeah, no, that's amazing. And any tips, like quick tips that you can offer the, the audience? Yeah. So use the hunger and fullness scale. So the one to 10 on both ends, you know, uh, don't eat when you're hangry. So that's a level 10. Start planning your meal at, let's say like a level two, no later than a level five, because if you wait too long, then again, your need to satiate is so strong, right? So you may end up overeating if you wait till you're hangry. So yeah, planning your meals and when you're just starting to feel hungry is going to help. And then stopping when you're full, when you're comfortable, not overstuffed. So really following that hunger and fullness scale, I think is, is helpful. We didn't talk about hangry, but that was a real thing in my life all the time. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Especially because- when I was- yeah. When I was working outside of home, you know, and it was the corporate world, like you waiting too long to, to satisfy the hunger can cause you to go the other way or eat something else. Or I know even when I was warming up my food and I was hangry, I would eat everything else around me. <laughs> and by the time my food was ready, I was like, oh, I'm full. Yeah. <laughs> and never go food shopping when you're hungry no, either. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> any any tools you can throw out for the audience that might be helpful as yes, they sir. start their journey or you know continue their journey? Yeah, this is an awesome one. And it relates to pretty much everything. So emotional eating, general cravings, hitting the pause button. So before you reach for food, set your phone um, timer on for 10 minutes and check in with yourself and ask yourself, am I really hungry? Is this something that I really want? And if it's not, um, you know, again, but what what this does, the pause helps create space between the thought and the action, right? Because we're so impulsive. So we think of something, we act on it. And when we pause, we give ourselves the opportunity to create space and maybe a different outcome. Yeah. That's more empowering. Yes, that's really, really good. And and finally, an action item. Now, I like to have an action item that, you know, if we're sitting here, somebody's listening to this and mm-hmm. they are like, you know, I really need to, I really need to figure this out. Yeah. What would be an action item that's easy to implement right away for anybody? Right away. I don't know about easy because it seems to be the hardest, but for my clients, but it's eat without distractions. Oh, like eat without distractions and slow down, chew your food and don't be distracted. You will learn so much about yourself. I love that. (sighs) Like sitting down to eat instead of doing it on No screens, nothing, just you and your food and your five senses. Yeah, that's incredible. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Honestly, Tanya, I feel like I could, we could talk about this this all all day. day. I know. (laughs) Yeah. 
And so I'm so thrilled and honored that you um, made time to be on our Thank on you. our show. I am so excited. And for those people who put in the hashtag food, freedom, and shine, they are so lucky to really be able to connect with you. Um, so thank you so yeah, much. I'm excited. Me. Thank you for having yes. me. I love, yeah. I could talk about this all day too. So I, it really is a passion of mine to help people stop struggling. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, amazing, amazing. So there you have it, Waste Up Wardrobe Nation, the Waste Up Wardrobe weekly wrap-up in a nutshell with Tanya Mack. You know we're going to be here next week at 11.30 with another episode for you to help you up-level your everyday and how you show up on camera. <laughs>